Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Comeuppance Reviews podcast. This is Brett from Comeuppance Reviews. Hey, it's the Ty Man. We're back with another really exciting episode. So, Ty, I understand you've embarked on a special project which involves laser discs, as Denzel Washington might put it. So why don't you tell everyone what you've actually been doing with your laser disc player and collection? Okay, so I like that you referenced Ricochet there. It's like VHS laser disc <laughs> to uh, John Lithgow. Uh, at the end of the movie. Okay, so I did Laser Weekend. I watched, we watched five. I watched five movies. Well, one of them was Money Train for our buddy Brendan. You want to talk a little bit about that? Okay, well, if we're going to go straight to Money Train, yeah. but then you have to explain the rest of what you were doing. But if we're going to just concentrate on Money Train, we watched Money Train on Laser, and the reason why we did that is because it's the only way to watch it in widescreen. Every other format of Money Train is the pan and scan version, except... Uh, the laser version and so it was a lot of fun it's a good buddy cop kind of movie and it's just it's entertaining and it's you know what's not to like it's buddy transit cops so you gotta love it yeah so yeah laser weekend so i watched money train i watched the forgotten one starring terry o'quinn uh back in the ussr with frank whaley and roman polanski and i also watched lord of illusions and dead presidents all on laser uh so you said you didn't like forgotten one too much and um, back in the USSR, those were some of the lesser ones. Yeah, those are the duds. But, you know, Lord of Lucius is pretty good. Dead Presidents is a very good movie. People should check that out. Um, oh, and of course, we can't really beat Money Train. That was the best one of the bunch. Because you got to love Robert Blake. And then he says, every line he says is absolutely hilariously amazing. And then uh, there's that great song in the beginning. Train is coming, baby. It's by Ken Booth featuring Shaggy. Oh. So it's like... I looked it up, <laughs> but so catchy, you get you hooked into the story. You gotta love it. Yeah, then uh, yeah, Robert Blake, J Lo, and Wesley and Woody. And we were talking about why is there not been to date a Wesley and Woody third pairing? Well, what would you think that could be? Like, could they be cops again, detectives again? Maybe just something different because you know they're basketball players or whatever they were. White men can't jump, and then transit cops. What could it be? I don't know. Uh, it could be something like that. I, I, they worked well as cops because then you get the comedy and you get the action. So I, I, that sort of combination could definitely work. I could totally see that. Maybe they were like karate instructors or something this time. And he, and Snipes is you know, helping uh, Woody learn some more moves. And there's maybe a hostage, you know, kind of thing going on, like a diehard. It'd be, it'd be a lot of fun. I could see that. And they'd be bickering, but fun bickering. Yeah, I, I could see that because a lot of Money Train is a love triangle between Woody Harrelson, J-Lo, and Wesley Snipes. Um, when you know, Because you can't do 90-plus minutes just about a Money Train. You have to do something else. So that's what they did, and I thought it worked very well. I just love Robert Blake. Like, Where is my Money Train? It's like, <laughs> he takes his job very, very seriously. Yeah, he, uh, the highlight of the movie is Robert Blake for sure. Hopefully people will check out the laser version of Money Train or one day it will be on a widescreen Blu-ray or 4K or 5K or whatever it is. I guess we can go to our next thing you want to talk about. So you're done talking about lasers? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I can talk more about lasers. I mean, I love, well, yeah. well, I love my laser collection. It's great. I only have about 15 lasers. I try to find the best lasers available. So I got a fair game on laser and has a widescreen version of the pizza account and all that stuff. <laughs> Right, so that's the only way to see that in widescreen, right? Yes, it is. The DVD is full screen. I don't understand. Well, anyway, and the, what's the special thing about Lord of Illusions? That... Well, not really much. I mean, like, it's just, it just has a cool uh, kind of cover for the laser. It has, you know, some extra footage. 
it wasn't much of a difference. I think you can buy the DVD, you get most of the footage and the featurettes and stuff like that. But it's so tomorrow I'll be watching the Scream Laser, and still today, the Scream Laser is the only way to see certain footage. Is that right? Yeah, there's 20 more seconds of unrated footage they had to cut out of gore footage. So you could tell if you do some comparisons. It's still a good movie, Scream. I think it maybe drags a little bit when it had that party scene. You'll see it again when you watch it, Brett. Yeah, I haven't seen it since 1996 or what have you. So this will be a nice wow. return to form. I'm due. And if I'm going to rewatch it, why not watch The Laser? That's a great choice. <laughs> All right. Well, um, so we have an action star. Oh, yeah. I haven't done the song in a while. Should have been an action star. <laughs> Uh, and so I think this might be a fictional person, I, uh, but Betty Crocker is your idea. Yeah. So Betty Crocker, the action star. Okay, where are we going with this? Okay, so you see her on your food boxes. Now see her on the big screen, and she teams up with Uncle Ben and other like people on a box. So it's like, so it might could be animated, it could be live action, but you know, Betty Crocker would be playing like Betty White, and then all the action begins, and then. Uh, <laughs> That's all I really have. You can just see that. You see, you see over like kind of her, her hat and her like. She has a hat, right? She has like a. I, I, I don't think there's a picture of Betty Crocker anywhere because she's not real. So how did you take a picture of her? I thought there was a picture on the box. It was a fake person. It kind of looks like Betty White. Um, <laughs> that's that's news to me. But what you're thinking of is like the Expendables, but with all the food people. So it would yeah. be Betty Crocker, Uncle Ben. Uh, uh, Mrs. Butterworth, yeah. Aunt Jemima, uh, Molly McButter. That's yeah. somebody, right? Yeah, <laughs> Molly McButter. She'd be Irish. Yeah. It was just St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> and so they fight. And then who's the bad guy? Like the Soggies or something? We can get Captain Crunch yeah. to fight them or something? Because there's that stupid movie called Food Fight. I don't know if you've heard of that, Brett. It has Charlie Sheen. It's an animated movie. And also Hillary Duff. And it's a piece of garbage. It animated. It's all animated garbage. So, But this would be a better version of Food Fight. Something like that. I know it's kind of a silly idea. (laughs) There's a chance we might be running out of action stars (laughs) if we've gotten to Betty Crocker. But, you know, at least you're thinking of something. Well, I know it's it's very silly. I know. I think our our silliest one was a C. Everett Coop. That's pretty silly. It's like, do you have a personal favorite if we haven't done this lately? I don't remember over the past 80 some odd episodes, but Betty Crocker might top the list in terms of the silliest, most implausible. I think. The coolest one is be Shirley Temple because it'd be called Gun to the Temple. Yeah. So that's yeah, that, that's the best one. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but I, I, as far as people with the full names and a bid for seriousness, I really like Jack Chan and Stephen Nix. Those are probably two of my favorites of those. <laughs> Jack, I'm surprised he hasn't done that yet. But you know, it has to be Jackie. Well, maybe in like certain Asian countries, he's. Jack Chan. I don't really know, but we have talked about this before, so I don't want to rehash Jack Chan or Stephen Nix. Um, so what's our crazy idea today? Okay, so oh, so now we're going to our subject. Okay, so our subject oh, you is... you have more you want to say about Betty Crocker? No, I do not. So we'll jump right to the subject, which is all the lady movies on the website and all the cyber movies on the website. Lady Cyber. Okay, and uh, that, does, that goes to a certain... A song that might be by Great White. I don't know. Maybe you'll sing it later. Um, yes, I will. <laughs> all right. Well, um, that's a promise. <laughs> so what? So we're starting with Lady. Is that what we're doing? Yes, we're starting with Lady. So our first movie is going to be Lady Avenger from 1986. Or sorry, 1988. Directed by David Dakota and has Peggy McIntaggart. Mc, 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 I, I think so. <laughs> Bill Butler and Michelle Bauer. So Maggie... 
is locked uh, played by Mick and Taggart. It's a really hard name to say. Uh, is locked up in jail. A gang of street toughs murder her brother. So Maggie's allowed a temporary release so she can attend the funeral. And now it's time for revenge because she puts on her red revenge bandana and aviator sunglasses and has a shotgun. So this is a pretty good movie. I think it's kind of like compared to American Rampage. If you, yes. I think we enjoyed that one too. Um, well, what do you remember most about it? Well, I remember liking it. I think it's just an entertaining kind of fun 80s actioner that it's just fun to watch. It doesn't take itself overly seriously. And, um, you know, and yeah, it's low budget in that David Dakota style. But it's, you know, he didn't really do action too much that I'm aware of. So I, I'm glad he did this foray into action. But I remember liking it. Yeah, it's a pretty good movie. It's, I got on Southgate VHS. Is that on Blu-ray or DVD? I don't or maybe one of these junker DVDs, right? Definitely possible. I mean, I'm, American Rampage definitely is, and that's a very, very similar movie. And when that came out on Blu-ray, I'm surprised they didn't pair it with Lady Avenger instead of that other movie that I don't remember right now, like Diamond. Oh, not Danger USA or this? Oh, oh Danger USA. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Should have been, um, should have been Lady Avenger. But uh, what do you say, or what do we have written about Lady Avenger? Well, I, we said that we enjoyed it pretty well, and uh, it has what you want because it's, it's a lady avenger just shooting up uh, drug dealers and bad guys in that kind of junky way that you can't help but enjoy. All right. Well, I mean, if, <laughs> if there's nothing more to say, that does kind of wrap it up. So uh. I guess that's pretty quick. Okay, so I guess we'll go to Lady Terminator from 1989. It's a crazy movie, also known as Nasty Hunter. It stars Barbara Constable. <laughs> I want to be a constable or an inspector. You know, DCI Banks. You always watch these line of duty type shows. Do you want to be a DCI Brett? Uh, it's like, it's like uh, yeah. I know that that's getting a little off the topic from Lady. Uh, was it Lady Terminator? Yeah. Which is another great movie. That that might be one of the best that we're going to talk about. But I guess we'll see. So I'll read the plot description. So all hell breaks loose in Indonesia when an American anthropologist named Tanya, played by Barbara Constable, travels to undercover the legend of South Sea Queen. And then she comes possessed by this by the Queen's spirit. And then it gets really, really insane. <laughs> uh, super high body count. So just nonstop weirdness of the movie. I think we watched it a long time ago. We... we uh, Wow, we we posted in 2013. So I think you I think you already watched that at our friend's house. If you remember, I think, watch, I think it's you have a do you have like a dub DVD or uh, a DVD of it? Like no, a, I have a regular DVD. It's a oh, Mondo Macabro okay. DVD, which I have, and I'm happy to have it. Everyone should see this. This is definitely a winner of a movie, and it's I don't know how you describe it, but I guess it is another one of those weird movies. So if you like things weird um, and you know, with that foreign kind of Indonesian flavor to it, you really can't go wrong with Lady Terminator. It's, it's pretty much a must-see, in my opinion. There's also a character named Snake. So let me talk about him for a minute. He's one of uh, another kid named Max's cops, but he's on the force. And he's the most awesome dude you've ever seen. He, <laughs> he has cool hair, and he talks like Michelangelo from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I don't really remember this character, though. So. Yeah, neither do I. But I might if I saw him. He kind of reminds me of Michelangelo from A Night of the Kickfighters. <laughs> you know, he commented on our say, I think. It was or Kowalski, one of the I can double check that. But Well, I think that was his character yeah. name, right? Oh, Kowalski? Yeah. And so but in the credits of Lady Terminator, there's a guy named Adam Stardust. He might have played Snake. We just don't know yet. 
I hope that's his real name. That's a pretty cool name. Brett Stardust. That'd be cool. Ty Stardust? No, it's not the usual Ty Doc in the usual bits. They're yeah. ch- changing the last name today. So, so I definitely would uh, check this out. Armando Macabro put it out, yeah. right? So yep. would you buy a upgraded Blu-ray? Or? I don't know. I'm I'm when it comes to double dipping or, you know, rebuying stuff, I used to do it, but now I'm kind of souring on that because I already bought it. I mean, I don't know. It would have to be massive. Like, anything I bought would have to be massively better than an old DVD. So, I mean, yeah, if, if I had a burned DVD of something or some cheaper DVD and they did a nice Blu-ray, yes, I would. But just a, a Mondo Macabro, I, no, probably not. So, I guess we'll go to our next movie, next lady movie, which is Lady Street Fighter from 1985. Now, I did not see this one. You did. You reviewed it. Oh, boy. So, I can, I'll read the plot description. Linda Allen, played by... Renee Harmon travels from somewhere in Europe to Los Angeles to get to the bottom of a torture of the torture murder of her sister. Now, that's kind of like Lady Avenger a bit. Uh, she becomes embroiled in a tangled web of evil gangsters, killer pimps, shady FBI agents, and downright strange partygoers. But who can Linda trust? Luckily, her wits and martial arts skill <laughs> will get to the bottom of things. So I have not seen this one. Brett, it's all you on this one. Well, without going back to the review, I, this is another entertaining movie that's kind of like a – I don't want to say what were they thinking because you can kind of tell what they were thinking, but it's you know it's like a low-budget attempt to, to maybe get into drive-ins because the kung fu craze was hot. But instead of getting an Asian person, like maybe like Bruce Lai or something, they got Renee Harmon, who is a fascinating character in her own right, but she was sort of like a middle-aged German woman or, or whatever she was. So it's definitely unorthodox casting, but you know, it has these weird edits and strange filming techniques, and it it's perfect for ACFA, who I believe are the people that put it out on Blu-ray. So if you like more of that crazy weirdness, uh, this is another one for you. I mean, maybe it doesn't scale the amazing heights of Lady Terminator, but it it's weird in its own way. Well, it's from the makers of The Executioner Part 2. Right. Now, that movie's completely nuts. Right. What so it's like that. What the hell is going on in that movie? Just check it out. And just, what? You'll just go, what? <laughs> yeah, which is just my, pretty much my favorite type of movie. I love movies like that. So it's, it's Lady Street Fighter doesn't quite reach those heights either, but it's a great companion piece for uh, Exterminator Part 2. That's what it's called, right? Well, yes. I love that there's no, exter- uh, no um, Executioner Part 2. Right, no right. Executioner Part 1. Right. Kind of like Surf 2, but even that was a joke title. Right. Well, I, I, guess I think they're trying to cash in on um, Robert Ginty, which had nothing to do with anything. Yeah, Bob Ginty. I was going to talk about Bob Ginty later a little bit. Oh, okay. So, um, <laughs> have you seen Surf 2? I bet that's that. I've seen it a long time ago, and I remember not liking it. So then when Vinegar Syndrome released it, I just didn't buy it because it... I just my memories of it are not fond and I think it's just I don't know maybe I changed my mind but I don't think so well the last thing I'll mention about Lady Street Fighter is that I guess all these wacky party goers go toga toga it's like we don't go toga anymore Uh, I want to we never do that why not well you know Animal House is you know getting farther and farther in the past but I, from what I remember, there's like repeated footage. So you see them saying toga, toga. And then like later on, you see them saying toga again and maybe again and again. And there's like repeated footage. I think the toga footage is part of that. Of course, what any of this has to do with Renee Harmon kicking and punching people is anybody's guess. Kumate, 
Kumate toga. As long as something's chanted yeah. incessantly, then uh, it belongs uh, on our website. I love a good chant like that. I want to go kumate, kumate. You know, they don't do that in those MMA fights today. It's just like, you know. They don't go MMA, <laughs> MMA. <laughs> They should. You know, Ken Shamrock should do that or whatever. I'm assuming he's still fighting. He's like 55 plus years old. He still has his great wrestling singlet and machine gun from that movie. Champions. Which we talked talked about in that last episode, actually. Because you love Champions. It's the only part I remember. It's the only part worth remembering. Except for maybe David Letterman. Yeah. (laughs) Wouldn't that be cool if David Letterman, uh, not reviewed, well, also reviewed it, but... uh, Interviewed David Rannerman, the guy who played him. It's too bad David Rannerman didn't yeah. become more famous, and then he could have been a guest on David Letterman. And they could have made a good bit about that. You know, they they always would have all these bits on David Letterman. They drill them into the ground and do them over and over. That would be a perfect one for them. Well, it's like Uma and Oprah bit, which I still yeah. don't really understand. What they both have weird names. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. It just <laughs> that's it. Well, what else you got? <laughs> well. <laughs> that was all we had at the time but oh. I think Dave thought that was funny so he just kept saying it over and over um, but uh, what was I going to say about was it about Ryerman or we got kind of far from, we got far off the track here um, yeah so anyway uh, oh, oh MMA so chanting things how about <laughs> fist you know fist oh, yeah. Yes, fist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we talked about fist last time because we, we, it was called like the federation of like interstate right. truckers or it's called Right, so, right. But they so, chanted. They legitimately chanted fist, fist, fist in that movie. Uh, fist, uh. Yeah. Yeah. I still need to rewatch it. As you know, I love a good corrupt, yes, you know, yeah. union. So it's like, <laughs> uh, the last thing I want to mention about, you know, Uma and Oprah thing. Well, I haven't, I haven't seen Uma Thurman anything lately. That's true. I know right. she's maybe getting a little older, but why can she make it a, you know, another action movie with Tarantino? No, I don't know if she'll do that, but she should be in something. I don't really know what Uma is up to these days. I think I, I haven't checked in. I, oh, she was in that uh, mini series called The Slap. Remember The Slap? Oh yes, The Slap. I've, yeah, I was just talking about The Slap because I when I I, I got oh, that were? mixed. Well, because I get that mixed up with The Affair, which they're probably very different. But I think they came out around the same time. And they had kind of like these the one word titles: The Slap, The Affair, and I I remember The Slap. I I do. Well, that's probably Will Smith's favorite show. Oh, <laughs> and Uma was involved yeah Uma was in it and Brian Cox and I think a couple other people it wasn't a bad program for it's like six to eight episodes you know okay so the plot of the slap people haven't seen this show like like this adult man slaps a kid and it's like oh no how can you do that and then there's like a a lot of wacky consequences because he slapped a kid that's about it but it I guess it keeps your attention you know it came out almost 10 years ago now which is crazy it's a, it's a uh, remake of a of like a UK show. Well, or of course like it is. Everything is. Yeah. But I mean, it's an interesting idea yeah. for a show. I mean, you know, someone, someone, and then that's the whole plot of a, eight episodes. I mean, that's that's interesting. It would be amazing if it was still on today. The slaps, like season five, they're still slapping. It's like, <laughs> they, they, they should have that. They should, Well, maybe they could redo the slap and have more more slapping. Then. Well, slappers only, people like GoldenEye yeah. 64. It's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can, I, I, it's always terrible that multiplayer fighting because I always just laugh. I can't help but just laugh when there's slappers only. So I always lost. Um, well, then speaking of Vinegar Syndrome, one of the partner labels is releasing a documentary all about GoldenEye. So <laughs> that'll be at the archive very soon. The, the video game or the movie? No, no, the, the video game and how it's all about the N64 game. I, I like GoldenEye in the movie. It was, it was a good Bond movie. You saw it in the theater back in the day, which I'm still jealous. <laughs> yes, I, I did. I saw it in the theater. I, I do remember that. 
and the you know the theme by Tina Turner is pretty catchy. Golden eyes. Like, <laughs> wow, this, that's new for the podcast. A Tina Turner impression. <laughs> wow, that that's that's new ground. You never know what I might sing. I'll go to our next lady movie in just a moment. Oh, oh, a vamp. Um, uh, so let's see. Golden eye in the theater. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> might cut this out. I might cut that. Okay. Our next movie is Lady Dragon, 1992. Okay. Cynthia Ruffrock, Richard Norton, Tanaka, and Robert Ginty. That's why I mentioned uh, Robert Ginty. So in this movie, Kathy Gallagher, Cynthia Ruffrock, thought she had a maiden life or maiden the shade. <laughs> she has a good job as a CIA agent and was just married. Oh, her world gets turned upside down when super evil arms dealer and martial arts expert Ludwig Hauptmann, <laughs> Richard Norton, kills her husband. Now she's on a revenge mission to kill Hauptmann. And then she's also earning, now she's kind of down the dumps. She now is working as a punch fighter. So That's usually what happens in these movies when you're down in the dumps. Yeah. No, so much punch fighting happens when you're down and out. Yeah, yeah, I know. You're never like a happy punch fighter. If I was a punch fighter, I'd be like, yeah, time for punch fighting. Yeah. And occasionally you will see that, but more often than not, it's usually people that are, you know, lost in life. I mean, you know, there might be some instances where Evan Lurie and Dale Apollo Cook are happy to be punch fighting. But for the <laughs> most part, they're really not, if you think about it. I remember, because if you remember the movie Sweepers, it was so good. You know, he's a punch fighter in the movie. He's kind of sad. It's like, I'm just a sad punch fighter. Yeah. <laughs> so like, well, in a lot, you know, a lot of these movies that starts out where someone, you know, lost their job and lost their wife and lost everything. So they're punch fighting for money. That's how a lot of these movies start and, and continue. So, you know, it's not always the happiest subject matter. Well, I, if I was punch fighting, I'd punch fight for love. It's like, <laughs> I'm sure you would. Well, yeah, well, Robert Kitty also plays like uh, like the CIA handler. I don't remember much about him in the movie. I hear he's kind of a diva before he bat- he's like he only does he only does one take. Like I'm only doing one take. It's like it's like because that's what he said on the in the DVD extras of Program to Kill. So it's like I just heard about that. So, but you gotta love Bob Kitty. So wouldn't it be great if he made ex- uh, Exterminator Three? But it'd be like, you mean Exterminator 4 because of, Exter- <laughs> <laughs> of, of Executioner Part 2. They're going to include that as canon. <laughs> That's confusing. <laughs> I can totally see it. Maybe if you make one more Exterminator movie for the 90s. It's well, like, or now because, you know, wait, is he still alive? No, he's gone. Okay, well, never mind then. But, you know, a lot of people, was, as it's now called, Jerry Action, where the older people like, I don't know, uh, Liam Neeson are doing action even though they're older. There's no reason why certain people couldn't still be doing that. You know, maybe people we've mentioned earlier today. So let's talk a little bit more Lady Dragon. I think it's a solid Roth Rock outing movie. People should really check this one out. Imperial VHS. I, I don't think it's even on DVD. Well, so it's a tog and take only gem. And it and also a video store kind of staple. I think most video stores had this, and I think it played on the cable channels of the day. So it's I think it's a fondly remembered movie from the 90s. Do you remember watching it on cable or just kind of maybe seeing it on the preview channel? Uh, maybe. It's definitely possible. I mean, I would always watch whatever I could see back then, you know, if we had less options. If it played on Cinemax or the movie channel or HBO, which I guess we had, um, I, I, I definitely would have watched it. Like, that is, like, I, I might have mentioned how I, that's how I remember watching American Cyborg Steel Warrior. It was on one of the pay channels and I watched it. That's one, one of the first movies of that sort that. I ever remember seeing and I think that is also how I learned who 
uh, Cynthia Rothrock was, not from that movie, obviously, but just from what I was able to soak up from cable and seeing her in the video stores. And this is a prime example. So here's a couple of things I have in Lady Jacket that we got to love and enjoy. There's a fruit cart chase. Mm-hmm. You know, all the warriors that, uh, warriors that Cynthia fights go, yeah, wah. <laughs> and uh, there's an end credit song. I don't remember. So it's called Courage to Fight by Susan Gutierrez. Uh, That's I do gone. Not. That is gone. I'd love to put that in the next yeah. all singing, all dancing episode. I just don't remember it. Maybe it's on YouTube to look it up. I'll, I'll have to do that up. later. The, I guess. But, yep. but needless to say, it's a recommended movie. And oh. if you haven't seen it, see it. And if you have seen it, maybe you see it again. Oh, over, I got to rewatch it. I need the better tape. I have like kind of an EP kind of tape. Oh. I need to just kind of bite the bullet and get the Imperial VHS. Oh, oh you don't own the Imperial I, VHS? I have this other version that's kind of like half Imperial. It's like Imperial Exports. <laughs> oh. That's what it's called. I just I haven't bit the bullet yet and bought the better copy. I, I will. So I guess we'll go to our next movie. Can you want to guess which movie that is? Like a lady blood fight? No. Oh. Lady Dragon 2. Oh. <laughs> 1993. This one's a little weirder. It's had same, basically the same cast. Roth Rock and then Billy, Billy Drago. Yeah, let me guess. He's the bad guy. Oh, he sure is. He plays the psychotic Diego. And <laughs> he has a right-hand man named, and his name is Reb, played by Sam Jones. So, but I'm getting ahead of that. So, now, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> and Lady Dragon... She plays Kathy Gallagher. In Lady Dragon 2, she plays a different character named Susan Morgan. So it's kind of, I don't think it's really connected. And she has a happy life. She has a career as a successful female boxer. And she has another husband who is a soccer star who plays for Jakarta. Oh, the final goal. When the heck is that going to be on Vinegar Syndrome? That's a good, a very good uh, example of a movie that Vinegar Syndrome should release. That's kind, I mean, I don't know if... It's as good an example as Brutal Fury, but it's up there. But yeah, the plot is that, you know, uh, Billy Drake is looking for some smuggled diamonds and he's completely, utterly insane in it. He's just an awful human being as Diego. He, we have to what he said. He's creepy, scary, and um, Sam Jones is a lot of fun. In it. Not as good as in Gold Retrust. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but this doesn't have Christoph Kluppel yeah. either. I love Christoph Kluppel. Look up Christoph Kluppel and then you'll love Christoph Kluppel. <laughs> to know him is to love him. Yeah. That's so true. I hope he's still around today. I'm going to assume he is. He's going to live forever. So, well, in our hearts, if nowhere else. So, I you're not really talking much about Lady Dragon too. I definitely recommend this one too. It's just it's a little bit weird, a little bit odder than the first one, because there's something off about it. It's like there's there's something that's wrong. It's like there's like these weird. It's a weird plot. Has weird edits. There's like not many fights, but what you get is good. So. Uh, I would definitely check that out. Also, um, Drago's gang has uh, shiny Jason-style hockey masks. Which is also something that happened in the Jason Blade movies. They had hockey masks. Oh, yeah. Day of the Panther and Fists of Blood has a killer VHS cover of the fist. Yes. Uh, since Vinegar Syndrome has been releasing other Cynthia Rothrock movies, how about Lady Dragon and Lady Dragon 2 together? You know, they did Marsh- uh, um, Martial, Martial Law. Law 1 and 2. So and um tiger claws and a lot of things so this would be perfect it's right there let's get it going with that one we kind of said also late Dragon 2 is like the um action version of i spit on your grave uh. and which is very interesting i won't give away why it's like that but honestly i just call yeah you know what i spit on your grave is about 
But I guess we'll go to our next movie. Oh, <laughs> you gotta love Roth Rock. You know, she needs, I hear she's making a new movie called like Black Creek. It's like a Western. She's trying to get some money for it for like Kickstarter. I think Matthias Hughes and Richard Norton are going to be in it. Well, that's good. Hopefully they'll meet their goal. And uh, I don't think we've seen any of those people in the Old West before. I think that would be new for all of us. <laughs> I want to see Roth Rock in the Old West. Roth Rock, get your gun. You know, that'd be cool. So We'll go to our last lady movie, which you said. Oh. Lady Bloodfight. <laughs> lady Bloodfight from 2016. So, <laughs> it's directed by Chris Nahon, who directed uh, Kiss of the Dragon. So, um, so Jane Jones, played by Amy Johnston, uh, is a humble waitress in Pittsburgh. Thanks to her father, she also has formidable fighting skills. So, she travels to Hong Kong and does some punch fighting. That's basically it. I, it's a good movie. Um, and we called Lady Bloodfight because he was like a uh, Lady Red Light from Great White, and then I think, yeah, it's pretty fun. I mean, what what do you remember? Well, that's what I remember. I remember it was, um, it's a modern day direct video movie that's kind of in the spirit of the '80s and '90s action we all know and love. I mean, it's not perfect, but it's certainly worth seeing, and it's enjoyable to watch Amy Johnston. I mean, that was her, that's kind of what I remember. And remember, she fought Sky Atkins in Accident Man. That was pretty cool. Yes, that was good seeing two of the modern day action people fighting together. That's one of the. It's a good thing about Accident Man is they have a lot of the people we know and love all together. I still, we still need to see Accident Man 2, Hitman's Holiday. It might be on Tubi or something like that. We'll have to check it out soon. Where's Robert Bronzy and all this? Where, when's The Gardener coming out? I ask about that every day in my mind, and it has not come to any free streaming service. It's been almost two years since it's been released. So, yeah, it's my, tough out there. Yeah, Connoisseur. Was, we were talking about Connoisseur in the last podcast I did with them. Like, where the heck is The Gardener? Well, it, it'll get a release. I'm sure it will. I mean, that other one, Death... What's it called? Death, not wish. Death uh, kiss. Death kiss. That got a release, and I think people kind of woke up to the magic of Robert Bronzy. Well, so this can't be far off. Well, it's been released, but it's hard to procure a free copy or like try to watch it for free. Because I'm not going to pay twenty dollars on Amazon to rent it. You can watch it anytime if you pay, or, or you can buy it. Yeah. Let me see how much is on Amazon or eBay. All right, I'll take a look. Yeah, I, if it's really cheap, it might be cheaper to own it than to rent it. That's a great point because I just bought Salvage Salvation. I didn't want to wait, you know, eight to months to see it for free on Freebie or whatever. So I just bought it. John Malkovich, Robert De Niro, from, you know, uh, Randall Emmett directed it. So I'll watch it soon. It's like uh, Robert De Niro is like going like uh, figuring out like a meth ring or like it's it's very silly. And John Malkovich is hanging around doing nothing. Just, <laughs> so it's like. You're going to meet me. You're going to meet me. Oh, what are you saying? You're going to meth me. Yeah. Well, that's, he probably basically says that. I was just trying to... I should have thought of a new way to put my De Niro impression to work. But well, Also, I, I saw the trailer, so he has a southern accent again. Oh, so he's, he's bringing back his Cape Fear accent. <laughs> so it's kind of like when Nicolas Cage brought back his like accent in uh, Deadfall in the movie called uh, Arsenal. And it's very ridiculous. He, he's bringing that character back. Well, that is one of his best characters. Um, but, you know, Steven Seagal had a range of accents that he would always bring back. I don't know if it was on purpose or not. But, I mean, it's sometimes within the same movie. <laughs> Do you have a favorite Seagal accent? Uh, I mean, it would have to be any of their, his range of Cajun. So whenever he... 
goes for the Bayou accent. That that's probably my favorite. I don't know if I can name one movie except maybe is it Fire Down Below where he's Cajun or what's his most Cajun? Do you remember? I, maybe Kill Switch. Maybe oh, uh, maybe forget. Submerged. Oh, see those are one of those. I have, well, I've never seen Submerged, and I've tried to forget Kill Switch, but I. I feel like in one of his major Hollywood movies, he was Cajun. Was it on Deadly Ground? Or? No, he was, he was regular Seagal, you know, Forrest Taft. But you made me think of something when you said Range of Cajun. You could be called Rage of Cajun. So I mean, who, who's the Raging Cajun, the well, annoying David, guy? Well, there's David Heavener also. Oh, yeah, he's the Raging Cajun, but Rage of Cajun. So it's like, <laughs> well, see, no, it would be Range of Cajun. Oh. oh, okay. So maybe he has like a range uh, so like, like oh like a like a shooting range. Oh okay, yeah. Oh. So it'd be like Dukes of Hazard meets Fire Down Below. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then he could have a so he could be a little Cajun sometimes and he has like a spectrum of Cajun. Like you know the things in a doctor's office, the pain scale where it's like yeah. a it starts with like a green happy yeah. face and it ends with like a red <laughs> angry face and it tells you how much pain you're in. That would be equivalent to what you'd experience when you watch a range of Cajun for I'm, this accent. I'm assuming you'd be about a seven, right? Out of ten. <laughs> well, it depends how much tolerance you have for his uh, accent work I have a fair amount of tolerance for it because it's just funny it's like I can totally see this so he could play like he'd be like Bo he'd be like yeah. <laughs> or he'd be like John Bo he has to be someone named John all the time yeah <laughs> like, yeah he may be like named yeah like Bo Cephas Jones where yeah. he's he he's he yeah. runs like a shooting range in the yeah. middle of nowhere yeah. And he just wants to keep to himself and he traps his own food and all that kind of stuff. But then some baddies want the land. So then he has to shoot them with a crossbow and it goes from there. I can see him just sitting on his rocking chair with a shotgun. It's like, get yeah. off my land. It's like, and, he's, and he's not saying it because on top of his range of accents, he doesn't even say the accents he's supposed to be saying. So he, it, they go in and out. He doesn't say them and someone else says them. So... Where, where are we going with all this we don't i don't think i even know his real voice because i've heard so much adr imitators over the years i don't know what he's actually supposed to sound like i don't remember anymore i think he talks in above the law in his real voice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> great movie by the way you no know, it is it's really a genuinely good movie but he's been coasting on that for 40 years i guess i know i wouldn't do that if i was to go why don't you make something good I, I, he probably doesn't get great scripts or unless he writes his own script wow. but it's like what? i just wrote the greatest <laughs> script of all time oh who wrote it i did <laughs> yeah it's a classic story we've told that story before I, well keenan ivory wayne that's that's who said that right yeah. keenan ivory wayne you gotta love the glimmer man you gotta look i think i said this before on the podcast but you gotta look up the character actor named steven topolowski's quotes on imdb and he talks about how he's in the glimmer man and it's very very silly so take a look. We can go to our cyber movies in just a moment. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, that's kind of a recap of Seagal. I mean, I know we talk about Seagal a lot. We might have covered some of that ground before, but this is an action podcast, so we're going to be talking about Seagal, and those are some great Seagal moments that uh, we've talked about. And, you know, we've mentioned the Glimmer Man and the commercial with the guy who mentions his quote-unquote sissy beads, and he proceeds to patty cake him to death as he <laughs> tends to do to people. Um, See, that's the thing. He used to do patty cake. Now he just eats cake. Yeah. Let them eat cake. That would, he would be Marie Antoinette. Yeah. So like, <laughs> He's the Marie Antoinette of action. I think we all know that now. Let me eat cake. <laughs> he wants to let himself eat cake. See, that's the twist. I think he likes cheesecake. I think he likes like chocolate cake. Yeah. He goes to the, like the uh, the cheesecake part and big wine, big and buys all of them. Yeah. You ever see that section? Um, I, I'm sure I have, but you know, he probably says craft services and, um, maybe he requests certain cakes. I don't know. 
All right, well, we'll, we always make fun of Seagal and his cake. So we'll go to our next thing, which is now the cyber movies. Now, we're jumping right to Cyber Ninja from 1988, starring Shohei Yamamoto. We'll just stop there so I don't screw up any more names. Okay, well, Masaki Amori. Okay, so do you remember much about this? No, no, and no. You were going to ask me if I remember anything. It's minimal to nothing. I mean, what you're going to say, maybe we'll trigger something, but nothing really jumps to mind, unfortunately. Well, all right, I'll read the silly plot. So when Ramai, Dark Bishop, played by Yamamoto, creates the perfect cyber ninja to please Dark Overlord's birthday. (laughs) I wonder what his birthday is. Oh, I have to give him a present. Uh (laughs) <laughs> Dark Overlord is a menacing vision on a screen. By the way, so he's not he's not like a priest on a screen. <laughs> I like Jack Palance in Cyborg 3. 2. 2. Yeah, that was just weird. So like close with his teeth. <laughs> but it's also Angelina Jolie's best work. That's true. All right, so he's trying to get you know trying to please Dark Overlord's birthday. But he doesn't realize he set in motion the ultimate battle between the human ninja and the samurai and the kind of the cybernetic variety. When Princess Saki is kidnapped, there's another character, another bounty hunter named Agai, Agaya, or to snap into action. I know it sounds confusing. Uh, hmm. It's hard to explain if you actually like this movie. We said it's very Japanese. There's not much really ninja action. There's some, but there's some ninjas do have helmets that, have, that stream Japanese writing in their field of vision. Do you remember any of that? No. I wish I did because that sounds kind of cool. And I was going to say that it sounds very Japanese. The whole plot seems very Japanese. Maybe it's based on like an anime or something. I don't know. But that is kind of what it seems like. And even if it wasn't, it seems like an anime fan might enjoy it. That's exactly what we wrote. So you have actually a pretty good memory. Just basically say what you wrote. Uh, What else to say about this one? It was released in the U.S. by Fox Lorber Home Video, which is very odd. Um, What else to say about this? Uh... (laughs) I guess there's a lot of cool like lasers and swords and stuff like that. If you want to check this one? I mean, maybe I should just. I don't have a copy. We rented it at Video Seven. Oh, I thought you owned this, but I guess not. I do not. <laughs> it doesn't seem like something you might really want to get, unless you saw it somewhere very cheap, like the archive or even Goodwill. I assume you'd buy it, but online, I don't know. Nah, I have other ninja movies to buy besides Cyber Ninja. Maybe it was like yeah, at the archive for like ten bucks, sure. But I guess we'll go to our next cyber movie. So, Lady Cyber. <laughs> cyber Tracker, 1994. Don the Dragon Wilson. Richard Norton has returned. Stacy Foster and Steve Burton. Remember him in, uh, what was that movie? Um, Mission of Justice. Remember that with, uh, okay, now I forgot his name. Well, um, uh, Jeff Wincott. Yeah, yeah, Jeff Wincott. Remember, like, uh, the fact he's like breaks his fingers and was like, "You broke my fingers." <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, okay, you gotta love uh, Mission Justice because it's Bridget Nielsen and uh, Matthias Season, her brother and sister. Can you get any better than that? Well, that is good casting for sure. But this is a video store classic. You know, this is like a, another one of these cable '90s great classic movies. Oh, Cyber Tracker, absolutely. So here's the plot. People who haven't seen this one, the Los Angeles of the future, crime is rampant. Hmm. So to help clear up the overly clogged judicial system, Senator Dilly, <laughs> what's that stupid thing people talk about? Dilly Dilly Bar. Remember that? It's like pop- something from a Bud Light commercial. Oh, it's Bud Light. Okay, that's just ridiculous, sir. <laughs> okay, well, I so- didn't invent it. What are you yelling at me for? <laughs> I'm yelling at you about Dilly Bars. Okay, so 
He institutes the American Computerized Judicial System, ACJS, which consists of a robot or android or a cyborg. So it's like it's like a evil RoboCop. So, so it's kind of like Rotor, sounds yeah. like. Yeah, it's, it's Rotor meets RoboCop. Mm. <laughs> and then uh, Don Jack and Wilson are the senator's body. What well, Don Jack plays Dilly's bodyguard. <laughs> And then he has to fight this cyber tracker robot. And it's, it's all very silly. So, yeah, it's a cross between Rotor, American Cyborg, Still Warrior, Abraxas, and Future Force, and Hologram Man, and Universal Soldier, and the Terminator, Terminator 2, and Robocop. So, like, <laughs> so it's an amalgam of all these great things that we all know and love. So yeah. it, they probably figured it can't fail. Let's just throw everything into the stew and mix it all up. And, yeah, I mean, that works. So... <laughs> we called Senator Dilly Senator Silly. So it's like <laughs> we would never do something like that. That doesn't sound like yeah. us at all. So and also Don Jack Wilson looks like Lou Diamond Phillips and he plays Phillips. Hmm. So like, and doesn't he have similar hair to Lou yes. Diamond Phillips around this time? Wouldn't that be great to see Don Jack Wilson and Lou Diamond Phillips in a buddy cop movie? Yes. yes, they could be brothers, but they fight, but they're on the force, but they have to solve a crime, I guess. And it could be like Renegades almost, but instead of Kiefer Sutherland, it would be um, Don the Dragon. Wouldn't that be great? Oh my God, I could totally see that. And it's like, you guys like see these like, stupid, annoying punks like making fun of them or like being like somewhat racist. And they just both they just punch out everyone in the bar. It'd, it'd be like it's the like... new Joe and Jay Gates, yeah. except much, 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 much better. Do you remember what movie you're talking about, Joe and Jay Gates? I know the title, if you don't remember. Oh, man. This, you're putting me on the spot here. It's two words. Okay. <laughs> but what are those words? Um, um, extreme uh, f- fight? <laughs> equal remember. impact. Equal impact. <laughs> wow. Well, actually, that's a good title because, you know, they're brothers of equal impact. Well, the only brothers I care about are the McNamara brothers. So <laughs> it, well, I know those movies, Twin Dragon Encounter and um, Twin... Dragon Hunt. Dra- Dragon Hunt. Yes, yes. So, the thing about the movie is that it kind of drags Cyber Tracker one because you, you don't really care about this. Don the drag, Gun Wilson. <laughs> How dare you, sir? Why? You said drag. I never said drag. You said drag. I didn't say anything about drag. No, you said drag. No, the movie drag. So yeah. it's like, so it's. I think <laughs> it's a good movie, but you can't. It's something about kind of kind of falters in the middle because you really can't beat Hologram Man, and that's one of the, their best PM movies. Um. So, anything else? Uh, what else can I say about this one? I guess I would check it out if you're like looking for a PM movie to watch you haven't seen. So, you know, cyber things were very hot in the '90s, as we're coming to learn. So, this is hopping on the old cyber train. I will say that Don the Dragon and Richard Norton do have a fight at the end. Now, that's cool. That's what fans want to see. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> but you know. The 90s direct-to-video movies were always ahead of the curve. So it was a lot easier and faster for them to make movies with a cyber theme than, like, a Hollywood movie. So, you know, they might not have the budget at their disposal, but they had the ideas, and they had the, a quick way to execute these movies. So that's why I think there's a lot of movies about VR and cyber things that happened in the 90s, because they could do it, and they could do it quickly and efficiently and get them into video stores and cable. Well, we'll jump right to Cyber Tracker 2, which has an interesting coincidence when I read down the cast. So it came out in 1995. has Donna Dragon again, Tony Burton, Peggy McTaggart. Oh. McIntaggart. And uh, uh, let's see it, uh, Nils Allen Stewart, mm-hmm. 
and John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I love when he says kill slaw, right? That's <laughs> right, that's when they're running out, maybe, of uh, of his puns. But, you know, it's not Kassir's fault. I mean, he's an amazing guy, that John Kassir. He's just, his voice and his voice talent is among the best ever. Well, him and the guy who plays Ghostface, I like to see them in, a, like, a voice-off. Oh, yeah. That guy's great, too. But, uh, you know... Speaking of voice actors, I mean, Frank Welker, he's pro- they're probably up there with Frank Welker. Like, Frank Welker, if you don't know who he is, he, I mean, if you've ever seen a cartoon, Frank Welker has done the voice. And if you go to IMDb, it's unending the things he's done. And he's just amazing. Uh, it's, it's his, what a talent. Now, let's see Roger Jackson, the voice of, of Ghostface versus John Cassier. <laughs> and, like, whenever, like, you know, because we have a dog named Sydney. So it's kind of, I can't really. It's like, hello, Sydney. It's like, <laughs> see, uh, see that, that sounds like an impression of someone else. That's yeah, not. A, that's not a good Roger Jackson. But I that's okay because yeah. no not, one could do Roger Jackson except maybe Roger Jackson. Because he's the best part of the screen movies, I think. Like that voice is so cool. It's so important it's like, too yeah. to the movies. Yes, like, could you imagine yes. if that was like a different voice? The whole series wouldn't even work. So if it sounded like you know, uh, you know, what do we say, Wallace Shawn? Ah, I'm Ghostface. <laughs> like that wouldn't work. Or if he had some sort of accent, like yeah. a Brooklyn accent, like <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm gonna stab you over here. Like it wouldn't, it just wouldn't work. I don't think. I mean, you know, some sort of ethnic accent. I just, uh, which I don't want to get into uh, racist uh, jokes, but uh, we'll do it off air. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's great. Because. <laughs> If, without those like one-liners by Ghostface, you don't have a movie. It's because like, I cannot think well, of it. Well, right I, I'll now, be but. rewatching it again tomorrow, so I'll I'll be thinking about that. But you know, it has Rose McGowan, and you do have sort of a Rose McGowan impression. <laughs> so uh, you know, what you was talking to Jimmy Dore, and yeah. uh, it might have sounded something a little like this. <laughs> okay, Jimmy. <laughs> It's like that kind of acerbic way of talking. You gotta love it. It's a great interview too. If you haven't watched it, anyway, it I gotta rewatch it again. It's on Zoom, so sometimes the audio isn't great. But thanks, Jimmy. What's <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's what's so great about Scream and uh, Rose McGowan because uh, Tatum. They she never they never mentioned Tatum in any other sequels. It's like, well, it's like on The Simpsons. Let us never speak of this again. It's just like a character they never mentioned in any of the sequels. That's crazy. <laughs> But okay, wait. What was that with Cybertracker too? Okay, so in this sequel, the the Killbots are back. So, uh, oh, they're called Kill Trackers now. Well, because Killbots, they can't they can't call them Killbots because that's I think a registered trademark of Chopping Mall. So they probably couldn't call them Killbots. But we pretty much know they're Killbots. Yeah. So these Kill Trackers are you know rampaging across the city. So uh, John, wait, wait, Donna and Wilson teams up with a bunch of people now. Steve Burton. Tony Burton and John Cassier, who plays a guy named Tripwire. <laughs> That's that that tracks. I don't remember much about Cassier being in the movie. Neither do I. I need to rewatch Cyberdragger. Do you own Dr- Cyberdragger too? I sure do. Okay. But we said it was fast-paced, fun, tons of blow-ups and fights and car chases, and he got has the classic car flipping. And he, every time I see that car flow, I go, yeah, because that's such a cool stunt. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I mean, that's 90s action at its best. They actually have a trademark stunt. I mean, I don't know if it's officially trademarked, but when you just see it, it you know that's the PM stunt. You know, the middle of the road car flip slash blow up. You know, it's just, it's it's impressive. It probably takes a lot of work and it's only on screen for a few seconds. 
So the last thing I'll mention about Cyber Tracker 2 is that it's, it's definitely sillier than the original. Well, which is what you want. So uh, Don the Dragon fights VR ninjas, just like in the Protector of uh, Ed Marinera sauce. Uh, Ed Marinero. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you were stretching there to get that <laughs> not-so-good pun in. But but that also had his, um, his cybernetic helper um, named, oh, man, uh, Dolores? Might be Gertrude. Oh, okay. I can check if you want. Well, after I do, uh, do it. Okay. No, no, later. later. Okay. <laughs> so, I, and there's also some there's some exploding Mr. Potato Heads that blow up for no reason. Actual potato yeah. heads. Yeah, like the toy. Wow, <laughs> I I don't remember that. <laughs> so I guess that's it for Cyber Tracker Two. So uh, if you had to watch any Cyber Tracker movie, which one would it be? The second one. It's just like it's just pure wackiness. So our next cyber movie is Cyber Vengeance from 1997. Now, this movie makes really no sense. You know, it stars Robert Davi, uh, Rick Washburn, and very briefly, Matthias Hughes, right? It's Thor. Right. And, and amazingly, this got a Vinegar Syndrome release. Um, but from what I remember, it's completely incoherent. It makes no sense. I think it was, it was edited from something else, and maybe that explains the incoherency. There's a movie called Absolute Aggression. It's from the same people, Robert Davi and Jay Christian Vorgson, and it's all edited through that. It's a very confusing story, and it's like, I don't know what's really going. I'll try to explain it if I can. In the far-off year of 2005, VR rules. Will Singleton, played by... Uh, J. Gregory Smith. There's a J. Christian Vorgson and a J. Gregory Smith. <laughs> He's obsessed with VR. He has a VR job and a VR girlfriend. His job involves working the bugs as a virtual reality prison where prisoners are forced to compete in VR games against wealthy sportsmen. That's in quotes. <laughs> Is that like kind of like a you know, plate, you know, plate shooting or like that, you know? Uh, that's what wealthy sportsmen might do, but I assume it's in quotes because they must say that phrase in the movie. Like, these are our wealthy sportsmen. So, uh, our character of Will Singleton figures out there's a villain on the loose named Baracus, played by Rick Washburn. And then... Not Mr. T. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Wouldn't that be great? Let's bring back Mr. T. He just lays around and does nothing anymore. Oh. I pity him now. Oh. Oh. like... <laughs> Okay, so I, I hope that made sense as plot well, description. Well, it doesn't have like, to make sense. I mean, you don't have to make sense of the inco insensible. I mean, it's, if it is what it is, you know. I the 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 movie starts off. We say we start off with a bang with a very wacky Matthias Hughes and other loincloth fighters fighting in VR. It makes no sense. And if you, <laughs> I, and then we said that you know. <laughs> It's kind of like Snood, SimCity, Mist. You know, those are the hot games of the 90s. And it has a bunch of funny, you know, cliches and stuff. I don't know. I, I, it's hard to recommend this movie because you don't really care about right. what's going on. Right. See, the thing is, for any movie, wacky or not, you have to care. So, I mean, if you don't care, I mean, if you're doing VR, I mean, it's going to be tough to beat Expect No Mercy and the Floating Murhai Head. This movie doesn't have <laughs> anything like that, from what I remember. No, it does not. So I don't really recommend it. I mean, the idea is interesting, though. VR prison. Yeah. So like, well, I mean, Cyber Jack, is that coming up? That Dudikoff movie with, has another title, or Virtual Assassin. Oh, do you want me to talk about Virtual Assassin? Because it's called Cyber Jack. I, I, 
I on the site it's under virtual assassin. Right, right. I just thought of that myself. But that's another one of these cyber slash VR movies that might be worth I, talking about. I guess I can do that even without looking it up. You know, Mike Dudikoff plays like a janitor, and then he's like he's in a dire situation with Brian James, mm. and it's all very silly fun. So yeah, I mean that's yeah. pretty much my memory yeah. too. But yeah, I mean, virtual assassin, but you know virtual it's all about the vr as you said vr rules that's the vr future we're living in i know people want to do vr now there's big huge super headset goggles well that's what they were back then too but there's something about that kind of new tech that we just didn't know what was going to happen in the 90s now it's all like new and you know it's all you don't really you don't care as much i don't want to do vr anymore Well, that's what made it scary it's like we don't really know what this is like what is it like what are the implications of it we don't really know that there could be something evil that something we can't control we just don't know any of that there was it was an unknown because now they have this metaverse and i don't what is that you play farmville in the metaverse who cares it's like virtual yeah it's virtual lawn mowing like on the simpsons and uh or it's or it's like i'm that Law and Order SVU episode that I think we've mentioned before where they play another universe (laughs) which is supposed to be like what the sim no no, another life what's it called second life second life because I was thinking of sim sandwich which I think is another (laughs) joke from the Simpsons but anyway second life People love Second Life. Yeah, those people that like it need to get a First Life. You know, but they're, they're already worried about their Second Life. I'm sure someone else is. Is that maybe what like Ice T says? Like, hey man, you gotta get your First Life first, then your probably. Second Life. <laughs> probably, I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it at all. That seems very Finn. <laughs> oh yeah, very yeah, Finn Tutu. So, I guess we'll go. I have a couple more Cy movies. I mean, we could do Cyborg Cop. We'll do some Cyborgs because, okay, so we're gonna do Cyborg. What did we talk about Cyborg before? It's just by Albert Pion. I guess now he's the late Albert Pion. Of course, it has John Claude Van Damme. Obviously, this is not a very good movie. We, know, we I can even skip this one if you want. It's like I mean, I think we might have mentioned it when we talked about Van Damme, maybe. But I think oh, uh, uh, what was that called? <laughs> Van Dammathon? I don't remember. But I mean, it was just because this movie was oh. a staple of video stores doesn't mean the movie itself is that good. Jean-Claude Van Ranked. Right, yeah. I think that's when we last <laughs> mentioned it. We don't have to go into it too deeply. I think most people know about Cyborg, but, this, uh, you know, the movies we've mentioned before, like the Don the Dragon ones, are better than this, I think. Well, yeah, everyone's named after a Qatar. You know, yeah. Fender, you know, Marshall Marshall Strat. Yeah, <laughs> Gibson Rickenbacker, Fender Tremello. It's like, and then <laughs> there's uh, Mario Van Obama, which, which is uh, Vincent, what, Clint? Yes, Vincent Klein. He looks like Obama and Mario Van Peebles, so he's Mario Van Obama. Will it be close? Um, (laughs) So, also, there's the character named Brick Bardo in this movie. Do you remember that? Well, I think isn't that name used in like almost every Albert Pion movie? It's like a staple character, but none of it really amounts to much, you know. No, I. According to Albert Pion, there's another version of Cyborg that's better, but I'm not sure. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> awfully easy for someone to say who yeah. makes movies aren't that good. Like, say you made a movie and it was a dud. There's a better version, yeah. Like, why didn't you release that? Like, after the fact that you're saying there's a better version, that's kind of weak, in my opinion. <laughs> well, we know about Cyborg. Let's skip it. You know, I get, I know people like it, but there's, there's better Van Damme movies oh, out yeah, there, for better. sure. We'll go now to Cyborg 2, Glass Shadow. <laughs> Which I mentioned before, yeah. and that's the one with Angelina Jolie at her best. 
What is a glass shadow? Well, see, that's back when you could do that sort <laughs> yeah, of thing. You could I have like more that. of a poetic title. Now everything has to be exactly what it is. You know, you can't have a, a title. Well, I've mentioned this before. Well, I thought you were going to maybe guess what title I'm about to say. Um, I don't know. Tell me. Race. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like you're racing, but it's also about racism in the, in, you know, in the 1950s and 60s. Or loving. It's about loving, and their name is loving. You know, it has to oh. have something like that. Wisdom. Oh yeah, well, oh, yeah, wisdom. Yeah, uh, yeah. His name is Larry Wisdom, or something like that. Something like that. I, I hear Wisdom's actually not a bad movie. I just haven't watched it. All right, so Cyborg Two: Glass Shadow. Well, it's kind of you know John Wick Three: Parabellum. Yeah, that's a classy title. But okay, so in the year twenty seventy four, hey, that's soon. Two rival companies, Pinwheel and Kobayashi. Pinwheel. That, that's a fun uh, food. Viver Supremacy and the Cyborg Making Biz. Okay, let me just get to the plot here. So they make a, a cyborg named Casella Reese, known by the nickname of Cash, played by Angela Jolie. And then uh, Mercy, played by Jack Pounds, is trying to keep that under wraps. And then uh, Colt, played by Elias Cotes, tries to, you know, save the cyborg. I mean, it's a weird movie because it's like nothing really make much much sense about it. Do you, What do you remember? That, just what you said. You know, that, you know, that... Angelina Jolie does a bunch of training and maybe she fights some people and it's Jack Palance's mouth on a screen. That, that's what I remember. That's what I remember. That's what I remember. I guess who plays the baddie in this movie? Oh, is it Billy Drago? Yes. <laughs> he loves playing the baddie. Uh, and then this is like the Apple versus Microsoft battle. What was that old commercial people like to talk about? Like the Apple computers, like it's under like communist rule. Wow. What was that? Well, yeah, it was the 1984 commercial yeah. directed by Ridley Scott. So maybe this was kind of based off of that to some degree. They should, I'm supposed to have made a movie out of that. You know, well, I guess it's 1984. <laughs> and Blade Runner. I think it was influenced, you know, they wanted, you know, like a Blade Runner type thing. Because we're running out of ideas in Hollywood. Soon we're just going to make base moves off of commercials. So soon we'll have like a Pizza Hut movie or something or like that. Or The General. How about The General? You could save some time. Yeah. Maybe it's only 80 minutes instead of like two hours. <laughs> no, no, actually, it's about three hours. Oh. It's The General's origin story, not orange story. So it's like, I get, well, okay, Glass Shadow, I guess, I don't know if I want to recommend it. I think for Angelina Jolie alone, I'll yeah. check it out. Yeah. But that's it. Everything else is kind of crud. Yeah, so, that's true. Um, I, I noticed that a lot of the Cyborg movies aren't very good today. We have two more, though, um, which I have to get. So the next movie, the last two movies, is Cyborg Cop. Now, we haven't posted this yet on the website, but I can read the plot. Jack and Philip Ryan, played by uh, David Bradley and Todd Jensen. You love Todd Jensen. Well, we all do. Our brothers and renegade cops from Denver, Colorado. When Phillips travels to the Caribbean island of St. Keith, to fight some drug runners, he runs afoul of the evil Kessel, played by John Reese Davies, and then he has to fight some cyborg uh, people. And all. here's the thing about this movie: it's very, very odd. You remember this? It's like, well, it's shot in South Africa, mm-hmm. and the the cyborg cop guy is so ridiculous. Dude, he's like, he has those weird kind of like uh, spark effects. Remember that? Is this the one with the fanny pack, or is that coming up? I think fanny pack is coming up. Okay. Then no, I only remember if characters have a prominent fanny pack. Oh no, he, no, he does have a fanny pack. Oh, I, yeah. I knew it, I knew it. How dare you say this yeah. is not the fanny pack yeah. movie, or bum bag as it's called in some countries? I, 
I don't remember if we ever wore a fanny pack. I think you thought I, it, I'm sure I didn't. No. I'd be shocked if there was some picture in an old photo album where I'm wearing one. I I guess I can't rule it out. I don't remember. I would tell you. I have no shame <laughs> in it. I just don't remember. I'm so I'm guessing no because I feel like I'd remember if I wore a fanny pack. So I don't think I did. I mean, I get the idea kind of, but just use your pockets. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but if you want to carry around your camera or something, I guess you need a third and bigger pocket at your disposal, I think is the idea behind that. But you don't want to carry it around like a purse, so you want to be manly and have a fanny pack. So we say that we actually enjoyed this movie a lot, Cyborg Cop, because there's there's a lot of wackies of Todd Jensen. He looks like uh, uh, Brent Spiner in it, which is really weird. And there's also a song called Reggae Party by the band Gecko Moon. Don't remember any of that. I mean, I do remember liking the movie and thinking it was fun. So I, that that's my one takeaway, or besides yeah. the fanny pack. And there's some cool dirt bike action, too. So I like some jumps. Yeah, I love a good cool dirt bike jump, yeah. So, um, so our last movie, which we also have not posted yet, but we will, Cyborg Cop 2. Cyborg Soldier, also known as Cyborg Soldier. Guess who's back? David Bradley and his fanny pack. The pack is back, as he said. <laughs> I like that the pack is back. See, that's when, you know, you could have an action hero and he had a fanny pack and it wasn't commented upon. It just was. So in this one, uh, the uh, <laughs> David Bradley is fighting an evil villain named Jesse Stark Raven. Cool name. He must be Stark Raven mad. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. <laughs> Of course he is. He's an evil man. Uh, and he's fighting more drug runners. This one's just as fun as the first one. Because um, it just has like all those explosions and machine guns and all that stuff. And I think it's pretty fun. Um, I would definitely check this out. I And then, of course, Cyborg Cop 3, also known as Terminal Impact, which we talked about in the Terminal uh, Dragon review or uh, podcast. So all three of them are pretty entertaining. Well, maybe Vinegar Syndrome or some other company will release them in some sort of box set. We always say that. But... I feel like they could. And we could, you could put a triple feature on a Blu-ray. Yeah, or two Blu-rays maybe and add some extras. Kind of like on the lasers you're watching where side three and four have extras or something to that effect. Because wouldn't it be great if they had like a commentary by David Bradley and it says like, this is my fanny pack. It's like, <laughs> like a lot of fans have asked me about yeah, this yeah. over the years or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, had David Bradley ever done a commentary? I'd... I don't think so. I think there's some, if you go... A long time ago, maybe yeah, well, not a time, but a couple of years ago, David Bradley was on stupid Instagram, but his account was hacked, and all the the hacker did was send these weird photos of David Bradley, and like zoomed in photos of David Bradley. It's like what the heck? It's very weird. Now you know why I'm not on Instagram because I don't want that to happen to me. I don't want all pictures of me wearing a fanny pack uh, to show up, <laughs> and David Bradley gets mad. I, I don't. Know. I don't get it. I think. But those are all the cyborg movies and all the lady movies. All right. Well, that was a successful run uh, of those uh, two crazy ideas that you, no one would think are related, but maybe they are. Well, because that could be a movie, Lady Cyborg or Lady Cyber. I guess. Yeah, it'd be like Robo Chick, but better. That's exactly what I was thinking. Because Robo Chick sucks, and we already talked about that numerous times. So I'm not going to rehash it. But yeah, Lady Cyborg. I guess it would be Cynthia Rothrock. Or maybe Sandal Bergman, like, Program the Kill. And, or uh, Eve of Destruction. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. It's, I mean, it's, 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 yeah, it's called Eve of Destruction. Yeah, it does. I think with Gregory Hines. I still got to watch that movie, White Lie. Wow. And, uh, Taps and White Knights. <laughs> uh, all the Gregory Hines movies. Yeah. Remember he had a sitcom? Um, 
The Gregory Hines show. <laughs> uh, nope. <Yeah. laughs> okay, well, we'll do the, uh, yeah. the right, plugs. Okay, so Tie Action Rocks is on Instagram. That's how you can find me. And then I posted today the paper. So it's kind of a little bit of a boring movie. You know, I'm running out of movies to post. So we have like to the, watch more VHS. I'm working on it. But you know, the paper, remember the paper? You know, it's Michael Keaton. He works at a newspaper. So it's very dated now. You probably would work on a blog or something. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Glenn Close, Robert Duvall. That's a pretty good cast when I was uh, setting it up. Jason Robards. I think it's like half comedy, half drama, from what I remember. You've seen it? I think I did see it when it came out. I don't remember really anything. I think it probably could have been a better movie, but it's not. <laughs> so that's let's talk about truth here. Uh, it's some movie where they're trying to make journalists look good. So I'm generally <laughs> against that sort of thing. Usually most journalists are not good. So it's like, oh, these are the noble journalists. Yeah, sure they are. Well, I mean, like, you know, we all love their, you know, people love their Woodsward and Bernsteins. And yeah, that like, sounds about right. So what are the plugs? <laughs> <laughs> Nixon did nothing wrong. <laughs> okay, Nixon did nothing wrong. This is Donald Trump there. Okay, so the other plug is uh, Ty Comeuppance on Twitter. And then um, uh, the net is the website. It's also on Facebook with that name. And that is about it for the plugs. Oh, the Dream Warriors, right? <laughs> the Comeuppance Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we have uh, the Fount Man, Connoisseur. He'll be back on the show for No Subject Part 7. Dave's VHS, Video Interiors. Uh, anybody else, Brett? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's good. We have, to, we have to name every single one every episode. So if we forgot you, uh, we'll mention you later. Okay, will do. I guess that's the end of the app. Okay, well, that's all for now. Bye-bye. Bye. And then uh, there's that great song in the beginning. Train is coming, baby. <laughs>